This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. It was January 23rd, 2015. It was a Friday night, late night at Sportsnet. This is when we had the CHL package, and our game of the week was the Western Hockey League's Victoria Royals facing off against the Kamloops Blazers. And in that game, a young, a 15-year-old, Matthew Phillips, was playing his first game in the Western Hockey League. He ended up playing two games towards the end of that season and then played a full season the next with the Victoria Royals. In the, I want to say, third period, he took a pass out of the air from a guy by the name of Jack Walker, who's now playing in France, and batted it behind the Kamloops Blazers netminder, who was, by the way, trivia time, Connor Ingram now the Arizona Coyotes, uh, to give at that point the Victoria Royals a lead in the game they would later on lose in overtime. That was the first time I saw Matthew Phillips. Um, Matthew Phillips has been a fascinating story, certainly for Calgary Flames uh, fans uh, who watched him get uh, get picked up by the Calgary Flames, watched him develop in the Calgary Flames American League Hockey Team, uh, American Hockey League team, the, uh, the Wranglers. Um, saw him hit some soaring heights in the American Hockey League, but never got a chance to enjoy the fruits of the development labor. In the offseason, he goes and follows Mitch Love to Washington, and he becomes a member of the Washington Capitals. Yesterday, he plays a game against the Calgary Flames, scores his first career NHL goal. Uh, the trivia answer to that trivia question now is Jacob Markstrom. So in junior was Connor Ingram. In the NHL, it's Jacob Markstrom. Hey, Dad, who did you score your first NHL goal against? Well, it was Jacob Markstrom. Son, it was a game against a Monday night in, uh, in mid-October. It was a Washington Capitals-Calgary Flames game. But what's particularly interesting, and this goes to a lot of who, you know, who this kid is um, and what he's all about. And there's a great piece on sportsnet.ca um, uh, right now, which you can, uh, you, you can go and read. But here is, and it's Eric Francis who wrote the piece I should mention as well. Here is Matthew Phillips after yesterday's Washington Capitals victory over the Calgary Flames where Phillips scores his first career NHL goal. Have a listen. Uh, yeah, well, first and foremost, uh, just like to send my thoughts to the Snow family back in uh, Calgary. It's pretty, um, pretty heavy thing, and everyone involved. Uh, it's it's a difficult thing, but they're making the most of it. So, just sending my thoughts there. But um, you could repeat that question. <laughs> Sorry. After the way the game started, yeah, I mean, I thought we we obviously kind of got outplayed there in the first, and Kemps was great and. Uh, we kind of just got back to our game and put a little more pressure on them, used our speed a little bit better and uh, to get a couple there and, and tie the game up and kind of swung the momentum for us and kind of carried that into the third. First goals are always special, but how much more sweet is it to do it against your Uh Feels pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I guess this game wasn't about revenge for you. I think you said that, but just what, what, you know, what, do, you, what do you think you showed tonight to whoever you want to show it to? Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm always trying to play my best every single game, and tonight was no different. I mean, obviously, it's it's kind of funny that we ended up playing them the second game of the season, and it kind of happened pretty quick. But, um, yeah, it was great, and uh, I'm very lucky to play with some awesome players and see the passes I made. I just kind of had to bury it. So, it's, yeah. Anything go through your mind when you, when you score the first goal or while you're sitting on the bench after? Uh, 
Yeah, a lot actually. It's uh, it's a pretty cool moment and something that I've done in my head about a million times. So to actually do it is uh, it it feels pretty awesome. The golf game seemed to help out. It was a bit of a chip. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. It's about a sixty degree. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there's Matthew Phillips after the uh, after the goal yesterday, after his Washington Capitals beat the uh, the Calgary Flames, and you really get the idea. And he asked the reporter to repeat the question that no matter what the first question Matthew Phillips was going to get last night after scoring that goal, his response was going to be about the Snow family, and then he got to talking about himself. Um, good on Matthew Phillips, excellent hockey player, nice goal last night, nice win by the Washington Capitals, and super super classy individual uh, as we bring in Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada and Elliot just before you came on I uh, I went back this morning to try to figure out the the first time that I saw Matthew Phillips play and it was January 23rd 2015 it was a CHL on Sportsnet game it was his Victoria Royals against the uh, the Kamloops Blazers Connor Ingram was the goaltender now with the Arizona Coyotes he batted a, a pass from a guy by the name of Jack Walker out of the air and uh, and into the net and then there was yesterday's first career NHL goal and before we get to him the hockey player the first thing out of his mouth in the scrum afterwards is showing a sign of respect and thoughts for the Snow family just a perfect moment and a perfect night for Matthew Phillips yeah it really was um, you know I, I I think that when you take a look at this whole situation it's it's not a surprise or not a coincidence that Matthew Phillips ends up where Mitch Love goes right you know, Mitch Love yeah. ends up in yeah. Washington and Matthew Phillips follows and look at the opportunity he gets. And you asked me about him yesterday and some of the quotes in Eric Francis's piece about him where he really tries to play it down and it's not so bad. You know, Jeff, I yeah. think anybody who's listening to this who's any kind of a human, you want, you want to show your other team that they made a mistake. Like, you can say whatever you want publicly, you can talk it down publicly, but if you're any kind of person with any kind of pride, you want to shove it up where the sun don't shine very badly. And uh, I don't know how much money Matthew Phillips would have had on the board last night because by NHL standards, he hasn't made a a ton of money, but I'll bet whatever it was, he was glad to pay it. Uh, he was, and he was glad to go home with a taped-up puck as he scores his first career NHL goal. You know, that was a that was a game that really early looked like it was going to go the way of the Calgary Flames. Uh, tough Kemper one was for outstanding. the Flames. Tough one for the Flames. Really That's tough one for Calgary. Yeah. They're, they're out shooting Washington 13 nothing before Washington gets a single shot on net in the first period. That was a total cave-in early by the Calgary Flames. Before we go on to talk about other things here, do you have a, a quick thought on how that, that game actually went? Well, I mean, look, like if you're the Flames, you're disappointed. You have a 2 nothing lead. Someone texted me when, when that game was going on in the first period, and he goes, what are the chances that Washington is the worst team in the league? And then two hours later, they've stolen the victory out of it. I mean, you, you hate yeah. to see that. If you're the Flames, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those games where later in the year, if you're, if you're fighting for a playoff spot, you're saying to yourself, geez, that point we gave up in Washington, like everything was going their way and, uh, and, and yeah. they, they couldn't win it. You're disappointed. No doubt. 
Speaking of, uh, well, so Calgary does pick up a point. It's a shootout loss. And when it comes to the shootout and you're the Washington Capitals, you're putting Yevgeny Kuznetsov out there. Now, Yevgeny Kuznetsov has taken 60 shootout attempts. He yep. scored on 27 of them. Now, mm-hmm. the, uh, the <laughs> okay, so stick with me here on this one, Elliot. So okay. yesterday... From the time that he touched the puck at center ice till he scored the shootout goal was nine seconds. Okay? okay. So 27 goals, if you multiply that by nine, is 243 seconds, which is oh four minutes and five seconds he's spent on the shootout. And now, now, again, not all of those shootout attempts were that slow, but I'm guessing the lion's share of them was. Um if they're all nine seconds, he spent four minutes and five seconds, and that's just on the goals that he scored. And he's yep. at 45%, so double that. So he's probably right around 10 minutes he spent on the shootout in his career. Elliot, that's the life that I have. Yeah, you, you spent way, way too much time <laughs> thinking about this. Like, I, 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 like that, Speaking of like seconds... That's about 30 seconds of my life I'm never going to get back that I just believe, can't believe I listened to. Uh, yeah, it's, you good know, it's good stuff. It's good first stuff. of all, Rick Ball had a great line. Like His his quote was pretty funny in the call of the game. Like, it, it, look, it, as long as it's not illegal, I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, if I was a goalie, I'd probably go crazy. It would probably make me mad. But, I mean, you know, God forbid something happens in this sport that's a little bit different. Uh I, look, as yeah. long as it's not illegal, I don't have a problem with it. You know, the um, part of the criticism around it is that uh, that the shootout or penalty shots are supposed to recreate a breakaway. So it yep. should be at game pace. Now, what I would say is, well, if you want to recreate a breakaway, have players chasing. And a lot I don't of like that idea. People are going to get hurt. Well, People well, are going to get hurt. That, that's and that's the and, and that's the one criticism of it. Like, if you want to replicate a, a breakaway, have a chase. Like, um, for people that, that that don't have kids in um, uh, in hockey, what they do in a lot of well, spring hockey specifically, three on three hockey, instead of penalties where you sit two, the other team goes and gets a penalty shot on an infraction. And what they do is there's a player lined up at center who gets the puck, and then there are players on the blue line who give chase once that player goes in. But I can see the PA to your point yeah. pushing uh, back on that because that is a recipe a bad idea. for injuries that's a bad all day. Idea at the NHL level. Bad, bad, bad. No, don't do that. Look, if if you if if, right. if there's enough people who feel that things should be legislated out, let them legislate it out. But while it's you know still legal, like the goal is to score, and he scores. Um, so yeah. I, I can't really argue with it. What did you make of Bedard versus Matthews round one last night? Well, it wasn't really much of a Bedard versus Matthews. I mean, Matthew, uh, uh, Matthews had a lot of shots I saw, but uh, Toronto didn't yeah, play very did. well. Um, um, you know, I, I, I think it's probably very good uh, for Bedard that, you know, things are going to lighten up now. He's, He's out of the Pittsburgh, Boston, Montreal, Toronto corridor. And, uh, you know, he's headed to yeah. Colorado, which is also not really that easy a game. But Good luck um, breathing. <laughs> yeah. But at least, uh, at least you know, probably the attention cools down a bit. Like, I, I don't like a lot of the discourse that came the last couple of days. I understand Taylor Hall and his teammates 
standing up for him. And we talked about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write about this a bit more tomorrow. But, you know, I, I think that a lot of the talk that's come up in the last 24 to 48 hours is why I think hockey's fallen behind some other sports in some ways. Um, I think, I mean, rather than let's stop having Bedard doing stuff, how about everybody rises up to the level that he showed the last week? Um, yeah. And, and uh, I, I think that we need more of that, not less. And if, it's, if the concern is it's too much for him at this point in his career, which is perfectly fine, then maybe let's, let's get some other players to say, you know what, I'll take the heat off him, like put the camera on me or do something different with me that I can help with. Uh, that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, you know, big win for Chicago, obviously. Uh, that's, uh, you know, they needed, a, they needed a positive result like that. Um, you know, I, I think the one thing watching him last night and I watched them the last two games really closely, Jeff. Let me let this truck go by me. Hmm. Um, I, I think that the thing the last two games really watching him is that um, he needs help in the sense that there's not a lot of scoring around him. And I think it's going to make it even harder for him to be successful because you watch the power play yeah. and you watch some of the other things there. Teams are saying, he's the guy we've got to stop, so we're not going to let him beat us. I would imagine, Elliot, if you're an impending free agent forward, you would want to do whatever it took to hitch your wagon to Connor Bedard and join the Chicago Blackhawks, even if it means taking a discount, because you will lengthen your career substantially if you become, if you start riding shotgun and it works with Bedard. You know, I think it depends on where you are in your career because Chicago's not going to win for a few years, right? So, like, you know where I could see that happening is I could see that happening with maybe a player that who's a talented player who doesn't get the offer he likes or maybe someone who's mm-hmm. one who just wants to do it, um, you know, to enjoy playing next to him. Um, but, you know, I think if you're some, one of those veterans who hasn't won yet and, and wants to go to a situation where they can win, you're probably not going to be looking at that. Like, that's why I kind of wonder about Chicago maybe a little bit in a guy like Garland, um, just in the sense that I, I think that's the kind of player who could kind of help them a bit. Um, but the thing is with Chicago, like, you know, they may not be willing to part. I don't know if they'd be willing to part with the kind of pieces that, Vancouver would be looking for we'd see I mean you'd have to see but I think that I I just look at them and and even with Hall back last night and credit to Hall because he looked like he was going to be out for a while um I just think they need to find some more scorers around him I I you know people talk about the the immediate tension being too much I I just think that right now I look at it and I I think the, the 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 challenge of him scoring on that roster is going to be a lot. Uh, elsewhere, Elliot, the benchings have begun, and with yes. the New Jersey Devils, front and center, Timo Meyer, 
Uh, we saw Columbus uh, get into the benching act as well. Um, yeah. Checking my watch here. Oh, it's Tuesday, October 17th. Yeah. And already we're sending messages with benchings in the NHL. What gives? I thought it was, you remember it used to be like, okay, we're going to give the guys a couple of weeks to to get themselves into the season. We know what it's like coming off training camp, et cetera. Uh, those days are gone, Elliot. Those days are gone. Yes, they, they sure are. Now, I think both those teams are kind of in different places. Uh, now, with, with Lindy Ruff and, and Jersey, that's a, hey, guys, we expect to win, and we're getting rid of these habits fast. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's been all love in New Jersey. And you know what, Jeff, you t- we talked about this before. They're, they're perfect preseason. You know, I wonder if Ruff yeah. was just waiting for, okay, here's my opportunity to get everybody's attention. And he did it. Yep. So I look at that one very differently than Columbus. Like for me, the Columbus one is very different. There's a lot on the line there. Um, you know, one of the reasons they made the coaching change and went for Mike Babcock in the first place was that, you know, they, they felt that last year was too much of a country club. Now, Severson wasn't even there last year. You know, he was in New Jersey, which yeah. is interesting about all this. But I think it's it's pretty clear to me that the the blue like the Blue Jackets have done some interesting things so far this year. They benched Kent Johnson for the first game. Um, they they now they bench Severson for the third. Like to me, this is Columbus saying that whatever we felt was lacking last year, we're not we're not doing that again. We're we're sending mm-hmm. messages early that this is not going to be tolerated, and it'll be interesting to see how everybody. Everybody reacts. It, it does feel very much like, um, how do I phrase this? Like the nerves are close to the skin in Columbus. I know we had yes. the, the good laugh and, and good on whoever put it together with, with Jonathan Quick and the, and the tribute video, etc. But it sounds like nerves are right up at the surface for the Columbus Blue Jackets. That is that is the way this, uh, this thing feels right now. Um, a couple of other things. Oh, by the way. Uh, do you know, uh, because last night a Ranger fan won a car by yep. firing a puck, you know, into the, the tiny hole with the boy. Do you know the Nick Fatiu New York Rangers story? No. the you the one I, No, the, one, the only one I remember like that was I think it was in Minnesota when the North Stars were there. I believe there was a fan who won yeah. that competition who was legally blind. Oh, that's awesome. Well, here, here's yeah. the here's the Nick Fatiu story. So it was a... It was a Rangers-Islanders game. So this would have been late 70s when uh, Nick Fatio was, to be honest, I mean, gold gloves boxer, king of the jungle, all of it, really one of the most feared players in the entire NHL, loved by New York Rangers fans, right? Like he used to always flip pucks like way up high in, in the stands because that's where his, him and his dad uh, would sit to watch Rangers games. Anyway, so there's a game at Nassau Coliseum and – Fatou and another New York Ranger are leaving after their practice and they're skating by where the Zambonis are and they see the boards with the tiny little hole cut out because they're doing a they're doing a car giveaway. And apparently, so Fatiu looks around, sees no one there, grabs a saw and widens the hole. That night, the New York Islanders had to give away two cars because of it because and no one's going to think of the to check the hole before it goes out there because the board is okay we've already cut the board but Fatiu widened it and the Islanders had to give away two cars so whenever whenever I see that contest Elliot I always think of Nick Fatiu 
That's one of my favorite <laughs> Nick Fatiu stories. Maybe my only real Nick Fatiu story, but I just I was say, love how that. How many Nick Fatiu stories do you have? Card. Well, there was the great Nick Fatiu uh, shadow box fight with Marty McSorley that I think they showed on the Letterman show. It was the greatest fight that never happened. Everyone's waiting for Fatiu and McSorley, the two heavyweights at that point in the NHL, and all they did was shadow box until the linesman just said, okay, enough of this. I think both guys <laughs> sort of respected each other too much to actually engage. So there's another Nick Fatiu story. Um, have a thought on the Rangers and what we've seen so far out of them this season. Well, I thought that Zbigniew goal last night, that play was incredible. Just the way he, yeah. he, he, he faked and waited and faked and waited. And he really fooled uh, Ingram, who played pretty well. I, I just, like, like the, the thing I was laughing about with the Rangers was, you know, Lindgren got hurt the other day, and there was a question, like, is he going to play? And my reaction was, are all his limbs still attached? Yes. Is he breathing? Yes. <laughs> He's going to play. Yeah. And and then he was scrapping at the end in that scrum at the end where Zabinajad grabbed Czech's notes, Sean Dursey. And yeah. it was looking like he was going to powerbomb him the way he was trying to get him up like he was Kevin Nash or something. I thought that was... Uh, that was an interesting end of the game, and you know Truba and Dumba and Shosturkin. Shosturkin mixes it up and then just sort of gingerly skates back to the crease, like he had no part, no part in any of it. It was uh, quite a thing last night between the New York Rangers and the Arizona Coyotes. Now, a couple of things for tonight: um, yep. Mark Andre Fleury and the Minnesota yep. Wild visiting the Montreal Canadiens, and Mike Russo reporting that. Marc-Andre Fleury um, has two dozen family and friends uh, that he's purchased tickets for. This is believed to be Marc-Andre Fleury's last start in Montreal. That is, of course, unless the Minnesota Wild take on the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Are you putting money down on that that one, Jeff? No, no. you You know how I hang on to... Uh, you always like to talk about my onion wallet. Every time I open it, I start to cry. Um, I am not putting money down on a Minnesota-Montreal final. But uh, I do love Marc-Andre Fleury. And yeah. this, will be, uh, th- this will be one that, that I think everybody should have, a, should have a peek at. And, you know, immediately I went to my schedule and said, when's the last time, when's the next time that Minnesota plays in Pittsburgh? Because they only go there yeah. once this year. And that, that's on December 18th. Um, you know, simply because, uh, you know, that you wonder if that will be flurries. And that's a back-to-back. I think they play in Boston the next night. So, you know, that's going to be set up for Flurry one night and Gustafs in the other. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you can't help but think about that one. Look, I mean, um, you know, you know, anytime you get a situation where you've got a player who they, you think might be retiring – and then all of a sudden, you know, families start showing up everywhere, um, you know, larger groups of tickets. I think you know where this is all going, right? So it's going to be an emotional night. You know, Pittsburgh got their, Minnesota story got their butts kicked in Toronto. They're going shorthanded tonight. Um, you know, they, they've got some injuries and um, they, they might have to go with only 17 skaters. So that's going to be a little bit, uh, more of a challenge, but is anybody going to get a bet against Flurry having a big start tonight? I don't think so. Yeah. 
Um, the return of Pierre-Luc Dubois to Winnipeg tonight. Los Angeles Kings, Winnipeg Jets is a, a couple of marquee matchups. Um, Dallas and Vegas looks really good tonight too as your, uh, your, your late game. Yep. But um, your thoughts on, on Pierre-Luc Dubois and uh, Murat Atesh of the, uh, the Athletic did a good sit-down uh, with him where he talked about his reasons for wanting to leave Columbus, uh, wanting to leave Winnipeg, you know, essentially saying, I understand the criticism, but, you know, this is my life and th- these are, are my decisions and this is what I want to do. Um, his quote about Winnipeg was, a lot of times people have the mindset that if he did this, it's because he hated that, but it's not like that at all. I have nothing but great memories from Winnipeg. It's all about the next step in my life. Your thoughts on the return of Pierre-Luc Dubois to Winnipeg? Well, will there be a tribute all, video? I, I'll be curious to see if after the quotes there is one. Like, oh, were they working on one and just said, <laughs> ah, you know what, uh, just just forget that. It'll, like, like, they'll boo them. Uh, like, there's that, you know, that's what fans do. And fans are fans. But that's fine. Um, you know, yeah. look, I don't have a problem with people. Like, in my life, Jeff, I have choices on yes. what I want to do. Do I want to work here? Do I want to work there? Do I want to live here? Do I want to live there? And so, and I don't see why anybody else should be any different. Um, you know, I think that, you know, I think sometimes there's things like collective bargaining that limits some of your rights, and we do have that in the NHL. There were times that Dubois was limited in what he could do, but he worked the CBA to the best of his ability, and I don't have a problem with that. I think, though, the, the one thing about Dubois that I think is a little different is, and it's just a reminder of how one thing that you do can sort of stay with you forever. And it's that last shift in Columbus, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like that shift gets brought up all the time. And, um, you know, I, I just think this. If you sign a contract, then you ha- you have to live up to that contract. Even if you hate the people you work for, you, I, I really do feel, unless it's an extreme case, you have to live yeah. up to the, uh, to the deal of your contract. And when your contract is done, you have a choice. And I don't have as big a problem with that. I think, though, what you have to recognize, though, is that the people who hear that in Winnipeg, the people who saw that in Columbus, they're not going to like that, and they're just going to boo you, and you just have to handle that. Pierre-Luc Dubois faces off against his old team tonight as LA takes on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, a couple of moments left with you. Just want to follow up on something that we uh, we touched on yesterday on the program, Elliot, and that was meetings um, between the NHL Players Association, other groups and people uh, involved, um, people of, of influence, let's just say, in this situation. Um, one of the topics and perhaps the main topic on the agenda, what to do about the pride tape in the NHL issue. Um, you had mentioned that there was at least one meeting about it yesterday. Correct me if I'm, I'm misrepresenting what you said. Um, but if indeed that meeting did take place, do we know, is there any outcome? Is there just further discussion? Is there any final decision? Essentially, where is the league, the players, everybody else at with the pride tape issue? Well, I, there was like a, there was an internal town hall in the NHL, but I don't think it was a huge topical conversation. I believe um, 
uh, there were some conversations between the Players Association and some of the groups, like the Alphabet Collective, I think was one of them. Um, and mm-hmm. I do know what you talked about on the pod on Monday about like a theme night where people can wear whatever they want. Yep. And whether it's one, whether it's five, I mean, pick yourself a number. Um, I, I know that's been, put it this way, it's been discussed as an idea. I don't know how the NHL feels about that or if it's really been brought to them. Like the one thing is people are trying to be careful because they don't want it to get scuttled before it really begins. But I know that idea has been thrown around. Like whether or not it's been officially proposed to the NHL, I don't know. But I, I do know that that idea has been thrown around. So we'll see if that gains any traction but I was told by a few people yesterday that your idea on the podcast is something that either has been proposed or will be proposed or is definitely being discussed, which leads me to only one conclusion. There is no way you could have thought of something this smart yourself. Someone must have told it to. (laughs) I told you it was part of a conversation I was having with someone on Friday night. I knew it. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I told you on the podcast. This is part yeah, of a conversation on Friday night. Do you think, uh, on, I, even, do you think I listen night. to what you say? No, that's actually a really good point. I know. It's, I, I'm like uh, I'm like uh, the teacher in Charlie Brown. You're Peppermint Patty. I get it. I know. I know the dynamic. I've only known you since '94. I know. I've only known you since '94. Uh, okay, go have a good afternoon. I do, I do think that idea yes. has been suggested, discussed, if not yeah. out and out proposed. It, what what it does is is it provides i don't want to say an easy climb down but it's it's a soft landing if you're going to have a climb down from the hard and fast no pride tape rule this one to me seems like it's a it, it's a soft landing at a time where probably everyone involved here is looking for a soft landing if you know what i yep. mean yep i agree 100% we'll see where that goes Okay, we'll, uh, we'll rejoin on Thursday here on the program, Elliot. Tomorrow's a writing day for you, so we'll talk to you in a couple of days. All right, Jeff. Have a great week. There he is, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.